Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to a highly anticipated and requested episode of the Primal Podcast. Now, just a couple of notes before we get started today, because this episode is a little bit different. First of all, we didn't actually record today's episode in the Primal Studio as we usually do. We were invited up to our guest's facility, so we brought the mountain to Muhammad this time, and we actually recorded in his Strength and Conditioning and Rehabilitation Centre in Mullingar. So this episode will sound a little bit different because we essentially recorded on an open gym floor with all of the equipment around and even a couple of people in doing their bicep curls halfway through the episode. The second point actually involves today's guest, who's Mr. Shane Flynn from Shane Flynn Fitness. Shane is a movement correctional specialist, a neuromuscular therapist, and an SNC coach, and he was kind enough to invite us up to his gym to record this episode. Myself and Shane were laughing after we recorded this episode because if you follow Shane on Instagram or have had any interaction with him, you'll know that he's extremely blunt and honest when it comes to working with his clients. And some people can interpret that as being abrasive or rude or even arrogant. But having met Shane, I can see so clearly that all this is is a deep-rooted passion to help people and to generate a sense of responsibility and empowerment in his clients. Shane explained to me how he gets frustrated sometimes listening to the general narrative which essentially disempowers people from taking control over their own health and wellness and how this drives him to really dig deep when it comes to, as he puts it, fixing his clients. Before meeting Shane, I had sent a bunch of different people up to his clinic with all sorts of concerns from strength and conditioning to injury management, and everybody came back massively impressed by what he had to offer. And now having met him myself, one thing which is overwhelmingly evident to me is the man's passion for helping people to improve. This podcast is all about sitting down and chatting with people who have real value to offer the world and who are willing to share that with us. And whether you like his no bullshit straight to the point approach or not, it cannot be denied that Shane is definitely somebody who has a huge amount to offer the world, especially when it comes to strength and conditioning, injury management and overall health and wellness. Thanks again, Shane, for having us up to your absolutely unbelievable gym. Thanks for the apple tart and the tea. And I hope you all enjoy the episode. Welcome to our shared journey to find the answers to questions about health, wellness, nutrition, performance, life and success and to craft the most resilient, hardy, and happy humans you've ever seen. Welcome to the Primal Podcast. Mr. Shane Flynn. How's things? Not too bad. I was going to say welcome to the Primal Podcast, but thank you for welcoming us to this unbelievable facility here. Uh, thanks a million, yeah. No, cheers for coming down. It's... Um Looking forward to this now, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, we've been back and forth for about six months, yeah. and I've, I, I said it to you the other day on, on Instagram that I've been buzzing for this episode. I have so much to dig into, which I hear. I'm really, really excited for this episode, but uh, just to get us started, for people who might not know you or your journey or where we are or what you do, would you mind giving us a little bit of background on Shane Flynn, Shane Flynn Fitness and NGS Gym? Um, how far will I go back? Um, <laughs> really, really simple, I suppose. I started out college, if you like. Went to DIT, done retail and services management. Probably in the second or third year was the typical really skinny guy going to uh, college, if you like, and no different than a lot of guys when they get into the gym that start to like it and so on. But it found just a just obsessive pattern of wanting to learn, if you like. But um, yeah, I went through that and I knew towards the end, the last two years of that, I kind of knew what I wanted to do. So myself and a business partner at the time opened up a gym. Um, well, sorry, we didn't open a gym. We set up in... Uh, our clubhouse, and we literally, had, what did we set it up? 950 euro or, something, or 650 euro cost. Deadly. And we bought 10 body pump bars, and I took the speaker out of the house. So I just was telling you briefly before this, I sat and just 
designed a body pump style class, which pretty much was going to be body part by body part to the exact beats. And it just took off. And within, I suppose, three months, we had like 32 bars instead of 10. And they were filled. And then we had to put on a second hour and a third hour and stuff. So it was, um, it grew so quick then, we kind of had to make a choice. So I opened this premises, obviously didn't look like this. Um, and like that, we got two loans out, I think about 16 grand at the time. And we had to skimp on everything, to be honest. Like we had three racks and then three benches, three bars. But other than that, it was like one set of dumbbells. So you can imagine the size of this place now, how hard it was to fill it at the time. Yeah. So just kind of um, went to New York in 2014. And that's when everything changed for me. I uh, done a course and it just opened my eyes up to, I suppose, upper and lower cross syndromes in regards to injuries. Came home just again going hell there's something in this and uh, started to look at the rehab in Ireland especially seemed quite outdated had a number of issues myself in relation to that the typical GAs issue the anterior pelvic tilt and the upper cross syndrome in the shoulders from so much benching and shoulder press and then I, w- I stepped away from GA and I'd done a lot of bodybuilding shows and uh, competing in the worlds in 2016 over at the WBFF and through that period, I suppose, I, I, I learned an awful lot, which we might touch on today, but it was the first time I really started to look into cortisol. Uh, went through, I suppose, a very extremely high-stressful situations in them two or three years doing the shows. And between pressure I put on myself to perform, to succeed, and to, to learn and being able to pass that on to clients, and that was always my goal. If you're a coach, you have to walk the walk. Like, you cannot be talking about it unless you physically felt that. So everything I do, even the cycle that time, um, I try and get to a point where I can stand in front of you and talk to you about it. I'm not guessing. Like, and if you're going, going through something, I can empathize with you and I can talk to you about it. Um, I suppose bringing me right up to where I am now, doing a lot of the, the, the rehab clinic I am. Um, my father died of, with Parkinson's in 2016. And I just remember watching him and watching the way the symptoms were kicking in and stuff. Now, I'll be honest, at the time, I didn't have any knowledge in that type of thing, but um, it was when we got his, uh, I suppose, the report. He donated his brain to science afterwards. Oh, yeah. And it was only when I got that back, I just went, yeah, thought as much. And it was like, there was, they found nothing bar. Um, I suppose you could call it a bad bruise or an adhesion here on the base of the skull. And... I think about 30 years before that, he got an awful belt, actually, in that part of the head. So I suppose I had my own theories back then, and I was kind of going, geez, you'd wonder, did the signals just start to break down? And So I went back and done neuromuscular therapy, and I was halfway through the course, and I'm not joking, one day the lecturer said one sentence, and I just went, holy fuck. Like, and I was just, in in the space of two or three weeks, two or three definitions of stuff came up and I had seen that type of thing and all of a sudden all the years of watching people squat and deadlift and buckle under squats and see the spines kinking and one shoulder buckling under the other it all just clicked I swear to god in seconds like and it just um I actually wanted to get out of the course straight away I was like I can't wait I need to get going so anyways I was delighted I finished it out and it was only really when I got outside of the realm of mm, you can't say that or you can't do this um oh no no where's your evidence to support that because you're doing theses and stuff yeah and they used to crack me up like the whole way through college but now thank god we've reached where we are because i was able to test and 
go at stuff and find out for real time results, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so as we say here, like people might be forgiven for seeing this and just thinking it's a gym. But it's way more than that that you offer in this facility here. Obviously, it's performance and strength conditioning, all that kind of stuff as well, and fat loss and all, all the usual fitness kind of stuff you'd associate with a facility like this. But talk me through some of the, uh, the other kind of stuff that you offer here as well. Yeah, so obviously, look, we do the transformations, we do physique classes, we do all that stuff. Um, and I love all that. I love every side of that as well. Um, but it is without a doubt. I'm just finding it transitioning for me. Um, look, there's thousands of gyms in Ireland. And at the end of the day, there's no very little barriers to entry if you want to open a gym. Um, but we've really transitioned in the last two years. I've spent, look, I've redone this place only to start a lockdown and spent, I think, just under 150000 on the place. And, of course, everybody thought I was mad. They were saying, what are you doing? You don't know. But I kind of had already decided the route I want to go with my life and with my career, and it was going, I need a, I need a base, I need a facility that I'm going to be able to bring. So um, we have an audiovisual treatment built that was built the Christmas before uh, last, and that was the start of kind of opening up to that whole holistic side, which I hate that word being used but people relate to it um, at the end of the day holistic just means whole and it can be a we go very deep in it like um, holistic doesn't mean you're just going to the sea and hoping you get fixed or whatever and yeah. doing cold water therapy there's a massive massive side of it uh, so the audiovisual as I said is just it's the, it's the only audiovisual treatment room in Ireland of its kind it, so yeah? there's eight, eight pods up there some people have the audiovisual machine and they kind of just give it to the person maybe when they're waiting outside for a rub. But it's the whole setting of it. It's the additional little pieces that we put in there. It's all the stuff put together that you can feel the... You nearly think you're in a spa when you walk into the room. Like, okay. but that way. Yeah, so. yeah. You used that word there, like a true pro. We segued into that nicely, that word holistic, because we spoke just before we turned the, the mics on here about that word and trying to reclaim that word and what it actually means. Because I find a lot of people, is the danger they hear that word holistic... And they immediately switch off because they think they think potpourri and and incense and kind of dancing around in the forest and stuff like that. Not taking anything away from that, but um, holistic. Because I explained my background to you, holistic. What we did in the medical clinic was a holistic approach because it used things like nutrition and lifestyle and sleep management and hormone profiles and stuff like that. Highly science driven and data backed stuff. And I think the word holistic has been hijacked a little bit, but we're trying to bring it back now. But I, I heard of you probably a couple of years ago and I've been following your stuff for a while and sent, didn't never met you before. And <laughs> a few bad things, no bad things. And I'd sent a few people up, a few lads off the football team and things like that. And they all came back absolutely raving about the place. But the stories they were bringing back to me just really kind of resonated with the way I had been doing stuff in the clinic when I work, where I worked in in terms of you didn't go up here and get your three sets of 12 and be sent home to do your couple of exercises. You came up and it was it was talking about, I mean, you said you kind of get a good feeling when people walked in, it was talking about aspects of your life and how you're feeling and what you're doing and your history and all that kind of stuff, as well as the strength and conditioning side, as well as prevention and all this kind of stuff. And to me, I was like, there's a fella, I haven't met him before in my life, but there's a fella who's, who's I think is doing it the right way. And that's a holistic approach. Why, why did you decide to go down that route? Because I know you mentioned you had this moment when you were in class and I actually had a similar moment when I studied electric therapy. I had a similar moment where I realised we're being trained one plus one is two and actually, like I make a joke sometimes, it's actually one plus Batman symbol plus chocolate cake equals nine million. Like there's, there's just so many different factors in it. Why did you decide to kind of go against the grain of a very, very simple model to make money, bring people in, 
give them three sets of twelve, and and like you can you can kind of get away with that as a personal trainer. Yeah, what inspired um, you? It was it was frustration actually. Um, on my own behalf, carried a, I suppose, a kind of the typical hip flexor groin sartorius issue where you're the gap player syndrome. Yeah, you're yeah. caught in the glute and you can't fire one glute and. You go into a lad and you get a bit of relief and then you find a new exercise and you do it for a week and you're like, geez, that's deadly. But the minute you stop that exercise, it starts all over again. Yeah. Um, so there was a, there was huge frustration. I was knocking on doors the whole time thinking, geez, I'm after finding something out here. Um, I went through all the clinics in Dublin and the different rehab programs. And I think what when people come here and I actually, they say, oh, I've, I'm in the middle of such a program or I've just finished such a program, I said, for what injury and they tell me and I said let me guess and I'd, I'd name the rehab program from start to finish and that's what impressed them they're going how do you know that and I said because that's what everybody does and that's why you're standing here now and it doesn't work and it won't work so um, there was a tie really on a physical level where I realised one day as I said genuinely nine years going over and back to a great friend of mine Rory Murphy in the chiropractor he'd, do, he'd meet me on a Sunday before the match he'd give me a hip and manipulations and you were flying, and by half time, I was breaking down. Wow. And uh, I was after coming, I put it down that I'd done so much bodybuilding as well, I wasn't functional anymore. So I went very much into the functional side. Yeah, and I, I, I managed to put a niggles at bay, but they never really, really went away. And I always believed that the body, you shouldn't have to be warming up like. Um, and the GA is notorious for trying to come up with very long and putting names on things. Yeah. That's what bugs me. It's frustration when people were putting names on stuff. There's a serious psychological effect. Um, one guy came in here one time and he, he says, I was given this book last week there at such a place. And I said, give us a look at it. And it was, I was like, do you mind if I keep this just to see? But the chapter was called Living With uh, Fibromyalgia. And then the next part was Living With. So they made it, they became, it became a real thing then. And that person was like, almost relieved because they got to the bottom of what they apparently are feeling but the psychological aspect was ridiculous so I was trying to and this is where we have to try to keep this talk precise because I could just keep going but when someone walks in and they have a victim mentality and all their life they're used to shying away and they don't want to hear it straight to their face what the real issue is um, they're the ones that are going to be the hardest to talk over. And at the end of the day, as you know, you can only change someone who wants to change. Um, I have hand and heart uh, walked back into that office. I've tucked a couple of hundred euros that they paid and I've walked up and handed to them and said, get off the bed. Good luck. And they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, nah, you're not ready for it. Come on. We'll leave it at that. So come back whenever you're ready. And they're, they don't want to leave out of embarrassment. They're like, why? And I says, well, I've tried to talk to you now. I've tried to knock down a wall here and you just won't let it happen. And um, I, I have no time for this. The person here needs to be fixed and I have to keep moving. So it took a while to build that confidence to do that. But when I, when I, when I started to see the results and I seen that connection with the intrinsic muscle groups and the physical response, it just got too easy. That's the truth. The, really did. It just, you backed yourself all day long then, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, two, two things I want to I wanna ask you here on this one because your, your analysis of people wanting to hand responsibility to somebody else is something that I've talked about for a long, long time from, from my experience in the medical world and, and from my experience treating clients as well. Because I, I gave up treating clients very early on. I got very disillusioned with people who didn't want to get better or who wanted to come in and me to make them better. 
And I was like, I, I can't do that for you. And my sessions ended up being an hour and 30 minutes of talking to a person and five minutes of treatment. And people didn't like that because they just wanted me, give me the rub, give me the magic pill, give me the, give me the magic hammer, whatever, just give me the thing I need to do. And from working with the doctor I was working with, I became very aware that you, uh, Shane, the client who comes to me, are the only person who can actually fix you. And I can facilitate and guide that, but you have to do the work here. And it's not actually your knee or your shoulder. There's actually a lot more going on here. Do, do you find that most people, and we're talking in a health and wellness point of view, but I, I think this is everything, are too willing to give responsibility for what's going on in their lives to the therapist or a government or a doctor or whatever it might be? Well, I know exactly the way and the, f- the way you're phrasing that, and I know exactly what you're asking, but yeah. when I hear that, the other thing I'd say back to you is people don't even realise they've given up their emotions to someone else. Yeah. So I don't even mean the doctor, I don't mean anything like that. Um, but they're in that position in the first place because they lack the ability to connect. Like, look, I'll mention this very briefly, and I, and I don't want people to... Everything, everything I'm doing is based on, as you say, you know, medicine it's based on science science. there's stuff out there to talk about if i talk about a starter reflex it's not i didn't make that up yeah yeah. you go and look up what a starter reflex is it's built into every one of us it's you look at all the the reflexes a baby has you know and and then you look at the damages that happens when they don't lose that so it goes so deep like the children i've worked on we've had to test them for all them are they still retaining reflexes i talked to you very briefly about two parents roaring and screaming in front of a baby there might be only two that baby gets severe fear at that time and it may go in on itself and it didn't even know. And then I've had people, as I said, and you've rooted out something that could have happened when they were 10 and they were left mortified. And imagine it had that much of an effect on them. They went in on themselves, they stopped, their breeding became disrupted from that day on. And they got locked in this position, basically. And they're trapped inside this posture. And I can't fix that posture until I, I get them to let that go. So I talk about that when you say, oh, they're, they're handing up that thing saying, will you fix me? But um, that's true, like, you know, but also you can't, you got to realize, like if I work beside you in the office and I hand my emotions to you, you have the ability to say one thing and you affect me. And I'm like, do you realize, like, you literally are going to die one day. You have one life and you're going to waste or you or I'm avoiding confrontation. Maybe you're saying stuff every day and I don't agree with it and I'm avoiding that confrontation. But really all I had to do was just have the chance to listen. I really don't appreciate you say A, B, C and D. You know, I really like you and all, but you make me whatever when you say that. Yeah. Just say it, like, just have it done. And then that emotion goes away. I know people that left jobs because they were told they had all sorts of conditions in their stomach, but they they only realised nine months after they quit the job that it's gone. They quit the job, yeah. And then they're going hardly, but they don't want to believe that. And that's the hard part, you know. The it's far from airy fairy stuff. Oh, hundred percent of which you there, yeah. But yeah, they're yeah. um they're afraid to, to even go there, I think. So you could have your twenty six year old GA player in here with postural issues, but he could have been that ten year old with the startle reflex or the embarrassment, or he could be the office worker who's dealing with constant micro trauma in his job every single day, but he's in here for Shane to fix his posture but does you know there's there's a much deeper level to what's actually going on here well here's one physical issue hands me all the MRIs under the sun spinal stenosis he's on a second operation Um, I'm working on him and he just I just keep getting this angry vibe off and I just stop treating I said what's wrong with you like and he's looking at me he's like what and he's like what's with the anger I said like 
you're literally going up and down. You're laughing with my mum and then when I leave you alone, you just get this annoyance again. And uh, I think it was that weekend, he was, he was working online with me. And that weekend I said something, done a kind of really in-depth video. And then he checked in about a hundred page essay. No way. And one thing I said in that video triggered with him and he just dated it back to the woman left him five years ago. And he said all his pain started then and he developed a spinal issue. We took that away, we, he talked about it, he sat down with his new partner, he talked about it, he said, oh, I fucking feel great, I told you that. Done the rehab, so he had to do the physical stuff as well. Bang, new man, never an issue again. That's nuts. So there's how, a very simple example how we t- tie that physical, I've seen lads with roaring hamstring tendinopathies. Like, didn't want to be in a relationship, like the opposite side of that, like crazy stuff, like. Yeah, yeah. But it, it takes serious strength to, to put down that wall because they don't know what's going to come. And I think we talked about that with psychedelics and all these different things and it, to be ready, like, cause you don't know what's going to come. So if I, if I like it, how many men in particular and women could sit there with someone that they truly idolize, but they persist to be bitter towards them. Like how many people would have the balls to say, look, I'm going to be honest with you. You're actually a serious inspiration to me. I respect you, but I'm jealous of you cause I don't have it. And that envy turns into something very bitter then. Yeah. And then the fallout. <laughs> yeah, and then the fallout, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's all tied into kind of a, a reluctance to express any sort of vulnerability or to acknowledge something about yourself, because it's scary. Bottom line, it's terrifying to do that. And I have personal experience, you have personal experience, it's terrifying to go this way and not externalise or outsource your happiness and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's really hard to sit down and look. I think, again, I have to stop doing this because this quote the root of all man's problems is his inability to sit quietly by himself for five minutes. And it keeps coming up on all these podcasts I'm doing because it's the most simple way of saying to try and get someone to sit for five minutes and not check Instagram or think about the job or think about all the stuff that they think they should be thinking about and actually think about themselves is really hard because it's terrible. Number one, because we're being told not to do that. And number two, because it's terrifying. So I'm sure, I'm sure you see that fear and that, that's where the resistance comes from. I think anyway, it's a massive fear for people. They know something is there on some level, maybe it's not a conscious level, but it's a, it's a terror of actually going in there. So they'd rather say, no, it's Miami. Mm-hmm. Just, fix, just work in Miami. Yeah, and so the one thing I've realized is that there's not a single quote in the world that can be left on its own. There's not a single no. quote that's yeah. 100% true. If I told you never quit and you are <laughs> doing something, I'm like, man, clearly quit, like walk away yeah, and you yeah, can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Um, you said something there a second ago. I, I think I said mentioned it briefly about sometimes we fight the wrong fight as well. Yeah. Like, and the energy we consume um, to not give in or to not uh, admit defeat, if you like, or to not whatever, or to face those things. Um, like I remember some people you said, and they're like, uh, oh, the secret is uh, to keep busy. <laughs> and just when I hear it, I go, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, you will get tired someday, like you'll, you know what I mean? Yeah. You will, and the other side of it is if we bury stuff and say, ah, look, um, like put it this way, very simple example, A and B, one person buries stuff, will not talk about, and then it presents itself uh, possibly as an autoimmune disease who, you know, I don't have time to sit and do a study of 10,000 people to see can I prove some guy right in college. But I just know that I'm changing people's lives very fast, very and for long, long periods of time. So that's all I need to keep worrying about. But the other person may have just been 
Um, someone who, instead of burying it, they just go, ah, sure, so watch, everybody has their story. Fuck it, like. Yeah. And they get on with life. Yeah. And they, they develop this hard exterior because they know, well, I was treated like that, so man up, like. Yeah. And it's the one approach. And that's what I had to learn is I literally, a clinic would be so draining and I would have a person who can't sit with, them to, sit with themselves and they want to keep busy. And then I have the person who has completely reached all, all levels of burnout and they're just lying on the bed and everything is just like, yeah. Grand. And they're completely, they've lost, they've tried everything in that. And that's the thing when, when they come here, the number one thing to say is I've tried everything. And thankfully the results we get is because we talk about that whole approach. It's like, some lads, to be fair, have just genuinely had lads looking at them and I'm going, please tell me someone copped this or that. Like, that's just as physical as you're going to get. And like, it's your, like, what you do to that shoulder, as I said, and lads are going, oh, I just broke that when I was 10. Yeah, well, you can't rotate when you move with your left leg right and so on. And straight away, you fix the physical issue. It takes two, it takes, fly through it. There's no emotional shit. You don't talk about anything. It's just like, good man, you're up, boom, out the door. Let's do the rehab. Come on, there you go. And he's sprinting on a treadmill. An hour later. Yeah. No talk of any form of emotional stuff. So that's came with experience as well. But um, that's what I mean when I say there is a tie. But sometimes your hamstring is pulling just because you have a massive trigger point in your lat and you've never resolved it. And it's ripping that posterior chain out of you all day long. Yeah. And this is the point really, isn't it? There's, there isn't one way or the other a blueprint for everybody like some people are genuinely super simple cases and some people have super deep emotional traumas that are contributing to physical but it's, there, there's no way of blueprinting that for mass consumption right so we've we've really been working on something to do that right oh i said i'm proving wrong here okay. no no not on the emotional side because you are right because yeah. everybody's different but on how a human body moves and when we relate inhaling exhaling deflection extension except the other way around. So inhaling is the extension muscle, it's the yawn, it's that um, literally this, uh, when we're tired, that type of stuff. Then you have the stress response, you have the fetal position, that's flexion. So we always go back to that. So I could terrorize you, so if I frighten you, what do you do? If you frighten me, it's yeah. a kind of a... So you close up, yeah. so all the flexors in your body contract. So that's physical issues, yeah. like that's easy. If I broke your heart, or if I bullied the life out of you, you'll do the same thing. You'll go into flexion. So and then I look at the muscles that are involved in flexion. Like this is what I'd be sitting in, when I was sitting in college going, where or how did these, I'm not gonna mention the name, how have they not seen this like? Yeah. And I'd be frustrated like, cause I'm going, I'm after wasting so many years, whatever, crippled and then all of a sudden, you know. So that's where all the physical issues relate to hyperextension, and then we look at the typical bodybuilding movement. It's done in hyperextension. It's done in an anterior tilt. Then we develop a posture. And I'll never forget, Rory told me one day, and he was like, pull here, he's seen it in a study, and he'd be at different symposiums, and basically said, like, the brain only picks something up after 50 seconds. So if you're watching this and you're thinking, stop doing reps, simple as. Because what's a rep? Time. It's just like millisecond, millisecond. So you have to learn what position do I want to adapt and perform your reps around that. Okay. So that's what we do. Yeah. We make the brain read one consistent message for a period of time and we can bodybuild within that. So I was trying to pull that whole rehab to the, the bodybuilder because at the end of the day, everyone wants to look, tries to look good. And if, they don't, if they're not worried about the looking good, they would just want to be functional. 
So how do I tie max strength in with a rehab program? So how many times have you seen lads in the gym and they're, they're on a strength program and these lads are on a rehab program? That's the shit that bugged me. The, the two different programs. Yeah, yeah. That's what used to annoy me. I was like, yeah. there's no way we have to be putting in six hours of rehab and then we have to be doing this. And there's no way my body should have to come down to the gym to do an hour and a half or a 20 minutes or whatever your, your scale is just to play a match. That's there's something wrong there. So evolution, I wrote an article on evolution and we've become a complete mess like. Yeah. But this is where my frustration leads to and I understand there's loads of guys who are truly trying to help people through movement. It's became, and if you, there's actually a highlight on my story from three years ago. And I said it, I said, I'm going to make a prediction for next year or whatever, two years ago. And I said, everybody, you will, you will not be able to open Instagram without an ad or a page that has the name movement in it. <laughs> I said that two years ago and I said, call me whatever you want. But I said, it's going to just go mental. And the reason it'll go mental is because people will try and make it sexy again. And I'm like, that's what I said to you earlier on about coming back from America. I was like, Americans try to make everything sexy. And it's like, there's no need to have a lad on his head, on a BOSU ball with three bands hanging out of him. Like, there's no need for any of that. Don't make it look complicated. It's the same when we go back to diets and different things. Now it's done a full 360. At one time, people are trying to make it complicated. Now it's like, don't listen to the people who are telling you it's complicated. It's simply calories in versus calories out. But that's extreme as well. That's not the case. Yeah. It's usually a mix of a lot of different elements. I have seen people who are 20 stone and you could stand over them from morning to night and they don't consume a thousand calories. Yeah. And they're not losing the weight. And I know, like, you know, and I've worked with them. And they weren't clients. I told you that briefly before, before this as well. I've tricked clients. I've given them 1,200 calories more. I just changed the diet and all of a sudden I reduced the meals, but I snuck stuff in through oils and stuff. Yeah. And I upped their calories with 1,200. And they came back to me saying, I can't believe it. I'm delighted now with that. You gave me that calorie reduction. I've lost whatever. And I was like, I didn't. I gave you 1,200 calories more. And then they're standing looking at you annoyed, but you had to lost the weight. And I'm like, just work your head around that. Your body was crying out for it. Like you had been depriving yourself no consistency in your life and definitely the hormone is the biggest it's the biggest driver said if i make you angry for even a minute you'll have about four hours of messed up digestive system like yeah i think that point you just mentioned there is if people take nothing else away from this particular conversation that's probably one of the most important things you could possibly say because i mentioned before people are always looking for the magic bullet or 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 a one thing if i am overweight we both know, and we both accept, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, that calories in versus calories out is an element of weight gain or weight loss. Yeah. It's definitely an element. You're not, so you're not saying it's not an element, but there's never one element. So you've just explained there, someone could be on a thousand calories a day, but if everything else in their life is absolute dog shit, yeah. sleep, hormones, relationships, stress, perp- even purpose, and people think it's very fairy, purpose in your life, a reason to get out of bed, a thousand calories is not necessarily your issue. No. <laughs> and like that, I've had people who were on whatever, call it 1800. And I didn't change the 1800, I just changed the makeup of it. And it was outrageous, the results like. Yeah. So what I mean by that is, they're probably wondering what I mean, is I've went and said, listen, you're not allowed, I want to try control insulin in your body, for example. And you asked me, do I get backlash? Like when I talked about this online, I had lads going on their own page, afraid to say it, but or literally 24 hours later, going on saying, don't listen to anyone who talks about insulin. Shy talk, only trying to make it complicated. And I was like, 
Fair enough. But you can even tell from that com- comment, don't listen to anybody who talks about Insta. That's like, a panic from them, though. That was a panic moment where they were going, listen, Shane Flynn is, he has a lot of people who come to him for diets. I'm not that busy at the minute. How do I know that? It's because I did that at one time in my life. Yeah. Like, when I was in that industry of the bodybuilding, man, I swear to God, like, like Jesus Christ, I'll talk, tell you about mental health, like, yeah. and seeing people for who they were, and I was around all the influencers, and they hadn't been milling coke over, like, dead, complete opposite of what you thought, and I just stood back and went, fuck me. And I remember chasing, like, I remember looking up algorithms to get likes. I remember typing in what's the most popular hashtags. Like, go back through my page. It's still there. It's outrageous. You go way back down. You'll see it all, the bodybuilding pictures, me by the pool, the quotes. <laughs> oh, I want to shoot myself when I see it. But it was a learning curve. Yeah. And I, and I can tell it, like, I've had lads on mentorships now, young lads, and I'm like, please stop. Don't be going out in the forest taking a picture because someone gave you a free jumper. Tell them, fuck off, like. Yeah. You're, you're going down a slippery slope, like, and... How do you reckon, because mentorship is an interesting word, how do you reckon you speak to... Because I, I, I talk about this sometimes, and uh, I, I'm in an interesting position now. I'm 33, you're 32. I'm marking fellas in the football pitch at 17, and my brain works a different way now, partly from the exposure to people like yourself and the career I've had and the, the people I'm around. And I also got a very... I was never into bodybuilding, but a huge percentage of the clients we would have dealt with through the clinic were bodybuilders, ex-bodybuilders, reformed bodybuilders, I would call them, because they were in absolute... Like they looked like the kind of guy yeah, yeah, yeah. every young fellow wants to be. Like, um, and, I mean, I've seen pictures of you in your bodybuilding days as well. Like, you were the stereotypical, chase your man's in fucking but it savage, was... Nick. He must be the happiest man in the world. <sighs> Like, I remember Saturday nights um, and I might be on a low-calorie day or two and I'm not pumped. I don't feel swollen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the next thing, I wouldn't wear a certain T-shirt yeah. out because it wasn't fitting right. Or, like, you, you associate everything got to do with that. You were chasing that literally moment of perfection, but the judges made you do that. So I, I remember getting up and you looked great and your mom was like, nah. And you were like, gone, you didn't make top ten. I talked to you briefly as well. Um, I'm delighted. Look, it was very, very, very difficult at the time. Um, Wednesday night, as I said to you, standing here, making a video, uploading it, walking through poses. And I swear to God, like, absolutely, like, rock hard, veins bursting out of you. Like, you literally, like, Jesus, let me just hold this. And you just run that diet right through. And then I remember my first show, I just um, altered the salt. I played around with the sodium. And I got on stage and I was flat. So I thought it was the salt. So the following show, uh, I didn't do the salt piece, and uh, I, I got on stage. Like, I mean, man, minutes. Like, you're talking yeah. backstage, looking well, stepping up on stage, boom, flat as a pancake. Couldn't get a pump. And imagine I was that disconnected from how I was feeling that I didn't. It took me nearly four or five shows to go, holy fuck, like, this is actually what we now call anxiety. Yeah. And I was like, I'm putting so much pressure on myself that I really want to win one because I'm after giving four years... And at that time when I didn't win anything, I thought it was a loss. And then the stuff I learned was off the scale. And I remember putting diets in place after that and um, people were like, if, like, say a lad had come to me and he was in fairly decent nick. It was like, you're talking four to five weeks with a couple of manipulations, playing around with stuff. And it was insane, the result. Um, I've taken vegans who were dieting to perfection. I've just taken one product out, like just literally your mom was drinking a lot of milk. So just 
cut the milk for just 10 days, see what happens. She went in the third day, he was rock hard. I learned that dairy thing when I was doing the show. I remember a really experienced bodybuilder said to me, do you have much milk? And I said, yeah. And he goes, you're fucking lunatic. Like. And he goes, get rid of the milk. And boom, hardened up straight away. Still don't know the reason why. Maybe it's a lactose thing. Maybe it softens you. Maybe it increases uh, estrogen. That's probably, that was my take on it. Um, but uh, some of the detail now at the time was insane, yeah. Yeah. As a, as a kind of a, a reference point for people, and again, I'm, I'm thinking of younger people here, and I, I know I'm saying guys because we're, we're talking about kind of male bodybuilders and stuff like that, but there's females as well now. When you are 17, 18, 19, 20, you have all these messages, and like more now than when I was an 18-year-old, obviously because it's on your face 200 times a day with, with Instagram and stuff like that, and you're being told that if you look this way, like if you love Ireland now and all this kind of stuff on as well, that you will be happy. How, how do you tr communicate a message like that to someone who's 17 or 18 and as a, as a two-parter to this question as you're sitting here now and you're not in body you're obviously in, in no, great physical not, shape truth, yeah. but you're not in bodybuilding no. shape how how have you managed to change the way you think about it because i often think if someone has something and then they come down off that something yeah. how do you adjust to life now not being rock hard six-pack massive biceps filling out every t-shirt every single time to, now you're obviously much happier now and you're doing things like the mental side well, but I'm actually just even just right on that point there just in case I forget that's a, that's a stigma that happens right yeah. people do shows and then like be honest now how many f friends or people do you know that has done a show at some point and a post comes at, within a year going uh, they showed the shoulder shape now and the shoulder shape then and that's all they say is they put that stigma with it. They do a full loop and they knock shows then. And they knock oh, that yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, no, hang on now, just, it's too extreme as well. It's like, yeah, of course I was happy. I woke up in the morning, you'd look, you felt great. But the insecurity stuff was a lack of mental strength. So at the end of the day, when I was in that shape, I remember being in Marbella, I just was so stressed at work here. And I, I just set up everything. I set up food prep hotel, everything, put all through the business, gone, two weeks. I didn't talk, the only time I talked when I was over there was when I was ordering my food. And that was the first time in my life that I came down off adrenaline, like. So I was this fucking lunatic, going all the time, didn't give my body a chance. Within two weeks, I never forget, I came home, it's on my Instagram, and I put it up saying, two weeks of results. But I didn't know at the time it was because it was a stress hormone. And I did not produce a stitch of stress over there. And when I swear to God, two weeks gave me 16 weeks of results in, ever, in any show ever before. Yeah. And that was when I just opened my eyes going. So when I gave up that, that time, I was determined to go, right, I'm going to get in really, really, really good nick, but I will not diet the way I had to diet. And I refused. And I actually developed a, like I couldn't eat of a lunchbox. Like I developed a, a fear of ever going back to that. Because it reminded you of the meal prep and all yeah. that. Yeah. And it's proper. Like, I mean, I, I ate out in restaurants for about two years, like. That's nuts. And it took so long for me to go, okay, like, you know, get over kind of way. But the insecurity levels then, and now when you ask me about, well, how do I tell them to? The number one reason you should train is to beat the voice in your head. Simple as. Um, everything else after that becomes noise. It's easy, like. So you could stand in front of me like the Hell Week and you can call me every name. You can try and manipulate TV. You can, you can do all that stuff. That's grand. But I, before I entered that, like I had fully got myself to a position going, I can actually handle 
any trauma, any doubt, anything, and, and I keep overcoming it. And it could be, I have a transformation group and I put a woman on the oak to the night on the cross trainer and I made her cry on it, like. But I knew she needed to, like, she was, she, she was carrying weight. She was just such a lovely woman and I knew there was no confidence there. And I really went at her and I made her cry on the thing. She was four calories from finishing it. They had to do 500 and they had to race to it. And she was four from finishing and she tried to stop. And I ate her, like, to finish it, like. But scandalous the difference since, like. And I'm telling you, her results will come because she would have got over something that day as well and realised, like, i got to stop crying. i got to stop, you know, fearing things. i got to stop backing off. i got to go forward, end the story. So that's where you can't scientifically prove that, like. Yeah. Here's a bit of context for my next question for you, right? Because it's, and don't take this question the wrong way. I'm a massive believer in putting difficult situations in front of yourself consciously that are going to benefit you in the long term because I think uh, like we discussed earlier on it's it's a little bit too easy to hand off that responsibility nowadays but ultimately we end up unhappy and that's I genuinely believe that so I'm a huge believer in putting things in your own way challenges on a daily basis on an hourly basis that you have to overcome and you build up a toolbox of whatever emotion grit determination resilience whatever it is you want to call it to be able to overcome the real issues out in the world so like for example i train so when the war comes i'm ready for the war if the war never comes i'm ready for the war i'd rather do that and give myself regular inoculations of of, uh, stress and grit your 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 attitude to to dealing with this kind of stuff and take this as a compliment coming from me because just based off what i've just said you could probably be deemed abrasive or hard I suppose a hard, like making a woman cry like that and if she came yeah, here yeah. voluntarily and I'm sure she's massively thankful for, for, for what happened um, and I believe in a certain degree of that is necessary for some people because they never find it themselves but do you get pushed back for being well, for going just about this in that exact scenario it was like from so it took her what what did it take 25 minutes 30 minutes for her to do the 500 and they were doing it in a partner thing so it was like you had to get up and you had to come up with a system where it was 20 on 20 whatever it was yeah. the two years had to keep her lit but each time she got off, it was like me giving her a positive thing. It was like, come yeah, on, you're flying now, come on, keep going. And that was that. But then I noticed then she, that was like, it wasn't working and she was slipping, slipping, slipping. So technically that's me trying the soft approach, the arm around the shoulder stuff. And that wasn't working. And then you could see the heart rate go through the roof because her fear was kicking in. So anxiety was kicking in. She's like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this? But this was the trauma. I'm just, I'm just bringing up a bad day for her. Yeah. So I'm bringing up those times when them thoughts are going to come anyway. So they've came a million times. So that's not anything different to her. So when she first walked into this gym, you telling me that there was a thousand voices knocking on her head. But throughout that, it was I was right beside her all the way. Like, But I was like, keep going at her, keep going. And it wasn't from an aggressive way, but she happened to cry because it was like, I'm not able. Like, And I was like, you fucking are able. Come on, like, you know what I mean? Or whatever. It was that, that style. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Um, I'd look, I probably became conscious because I keep saying to people, so like I done that cycle and I, I think it was after the hell week, a lot of people reached out and said, Jesus, because every time I do something, they say, ah, sure, that'll be no bother to you. And that's a, that's a proper insult to me. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, sure, of course it's going to be hard. Like, I, like even the cycle. I went in with ultra cyclists. I'm not a cyclist. I cycled for eight weeks and I done... 2,100 in six days. And you're not supposed to do that. Like, you really aren't. Like, it was almost fun, the verge of stupid. And loads of lads in town said it. How would your man do the cycle? And it was. It did come down to complete mental. You have to have a physical base. There's no doubt about it. Like, you couldn't just throw a Joe soap on the bike and try to keep the pace yeah. of 27 kilometers an hour over hills and Kerry and 
80s down, like literally 70, 80 kilometers down the far side. And there was an extreme fitness base. But I keep the same message and it has not changed. It was like, I, I did do the overthinking. I did do the, that comment underneath my post really hurt me. Like it did. It really, really made me go, oh, fucking hell, like that was slight. Or I had an app at one time and the app, this wasn't deliberate, but I just, I didn't realize them. The app actually told you who unfollowed you. I'll never forget it. Like there's people like, and, and I, you start to watch it like, and the next thing you go on one day and it comes up and it could be someone fairly close to you. It says such person unfollowed you. And I was like, and I mean like ripping your heart out, like, and you're going, holy fuck. And I try to tell people now that you have to get yourself to a level that those incidents don't do that to you. So that I had a rush of fear through my body, a rush of worry, a rush of sickness, which if that happens, every day well then I'm going to end up very sick that's what I tried to tell people likewise the other side of it was if people tried to poke me and prod me which they did I had to get to a point too where I was like not happening yeah. nah, not doing it anymore not getting riled up over you not losing a night's sleep over you not going to lose a day's eating over you no fuck it can't and I just you just became so mellow and it was like I, I, it, it, my stints would go longer then so I'd be, I, I learned that instead of me driving it on for eight weeks here and then dying of death or snapping in the last three weeks with people and God love them people they didn't do anything to deserve that um, I said right I need to learn how to cruise control at a very high level like. but I went to all the different pendulums and I've read every book under the sun like we've no excuse anymore like with the, the level of information we've accessed. Yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable. Like, you, you, in 40 years' time, you probably won't need to go to college, like, and that's the truth. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we've well, absolutely no excuse, but that was, there are all the tiny little clips of, as I said, when I tell someone, I know what you're going through. One guy was on the treadmill, he had a, he had a knee injury, and he starts going, I'm fucking, he was getting really thick with me. And I said it to him at the start, I said, guys, this is going to be very tough. Like, we're doing it again tonight. And I said, some of you probably might cry, I said, I know well some of you are going to get really aggressive with me. And I said, if you want to walk out, walk out. I won't be ringing you back. I'm telling you, I won't be chasing you back. That's your decision now, and I'm pre-warning you. And this guy was, like, going mental at me, telling me I was going to destroy his knee. And I was, like, really trying to bring him around by being nice. And then I flipped with him then. And I shocked him then, you see, because I was being nice one minute, and then I tore his head off. And it was such a, such a shock to him. He's like looking at me and I said, just get on with it. Don't be getting tick with me and get tick with the machine, you know? And that's what I'd always tell people. Like, don't channel that energy. Yeah. If you're irritating me, like say, for example, you are a troll. Now I've learned, like I just blocked, like I said, you have 150 pages or something ridiculous. I don't know. Blocked on Instagram. Some of them will have zero profile or zero anything, zero follow on one. And it was me. So I just like, look. Yeah. yeah. But I had to learn that they, they were affecting me. So say 99 out of 100 wouldn't affect me. It was that one that come in on a Sunday night at half twelve and it ruins my night. And I'm like, you fucker, like, they won that. Whether they knew it or not, they did win. Yeah. That's what I said to you about I wanted to write a book and it's something got to do with it. I won't give away the name, but <laughs> it doesn't lie. You know that kind of way. It's like, yeah. it's all about the heart rate. You can't hide that. Yeah. And I suppose for you helping other people, you've developed a level of self-awareness that allows you to recognise that even though maybe you had a smart comment to give back to the troll, that... What was the point? Yeah. What's the point? You're not winning. You you are giving away energy to that person. I, I visualize that it's and as I said, I visualize that I'm a train in the sense that 
It's just an analogy, like. Yeah. Not me. Not. Yeah, very modest. Yeah. I'm not a train. <laughs> but it's an analogy in the sense that that can only go one direction. It's going forward. Yeah. And there'll be people at times, and they'll be at the side. They might throw roadblocks in front of it. They might do whatever, and it's it's it might slow you down just for a second, but really that train has to stop. If I was driving that, it's that person over there who will not stop prodding and poking at me or calling me names or trying to knock me down, who may be my best friend apparently, but they're subtly always just getting a little dig and it leaves that voice in your head going, there's definitely something behind that. Why'd you say that? And that's where people overthink. So I got to a point saying, I have to get to control where I just fly by that. And then that's where you link it with energy. And when things are going well in your life, it's because you're focused. That's yeah. all I speak about with people in the clinic is you're not focused, like you're not listening to me. You're not hearing me, like your eyes are all over the shop. You're not really listening. You're not here with me now. You're still thinking about next week's match. And I've seen lads go the whole way through the thing. They do the audiovisual treatment, they come down. Uh, I've matched next weekend. I was like, you just, whoa, you just stop for a minute. Just be do, here right please now. Please be here now um, and just, don't worry about it. Just don't be asking questions. Just relax. And then we'll go through it as said, and then you can ask all your questions at the end. And they can't. They just can't come back to now. It's like, oh, I, I, I have to be able to play that. I was like, yeah, but if you don't do what I'm telling you now, you can't get to there. Yeah. And I always see that with weight loss as well. People are looking and chasing to that 12-week or that eight-week mark. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was an absolute mess. And they come Thursday, Friday, it's okay. And then Saturday, Sunday's a mess. And then in six weeks, they're baffled as to why it didn't work. Yeah. And it all comes down to the here and now. Are you focusing on... Like, I don't like to think too far forward. You freak yourself out as well. Like, even your man's on about a new lease for here. And it kind of does go, just on and on. And it is a bit scary tying yourself in. I think a lot of people have a fear of commitment as well. But you just kind of break it back now and again, day by day, week by week. Don't think ever, don't ever think too far forward, but you have to have a plan. Like, each day has to be moving towards that plan. Like, if you want to get out of your job, as you said at the start... I don't know if you said that before we recorded or not, but if you want to get out of a job, you have to put a plan in place. You don't just walk out one day and I can just go, right, now what am I going to do now? Yeah, yeah. Put a plan in place and then see. It's an interesting, everything you said there ties up a couple of, there's a couple of phrases that jumped in my mind straight away. And the reason I asked you, do you get do you get a little bit of shtick for the your method sometimes is because today, the phrase that popped up was self-limiting beliefs. And today we have this culture where you have to be so careful about what you say and who you say and PC this and it's snowflake that and everything you say causes offense to somebody. And what we should be doing is ignoring that. But what we're actually doing is facilitating that and we're creating, specifically among younger people, we're creating a, a generation of people who get offended by everything. But that just feeds their own self-limit that you said they're not focused. They are now being kind of we're telling them it's okay to have these self-limiting beliefs. Like you don't have to acknowledge challenge. You don't, nothing has to be hard for you. You're entitled to have an e- a nice, easy life. When I hear that, it drives me mental because you're, you're entitled to nothing. Like you're only entitled to what you work for. Yeah. And leaving your job is an example you just gave there. Like it, it kind of reminds me of this book, The Secret. Never read it, but I've heard, I've heard it spoken over and over and over again. If you believe, you will achieve. And I'm like, hold on. But here's one for you, right? You go into a church. And there's no one around. You walk in, you sit down, you light a candle and you sit down, you say, oh, Jesus, I'm really struggling. Come on, give me a hand here. Um, you know, this is going on in my life. Um, come on, make this happen, blah, blah, blah. What is that? Like, what do you think that is? I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it is a belief. It's a faith in something. Right. But, 
part of me also, like I, I'm not a religious person, but I, I do believe you have to believe in something and I believe in something bigger than me. It's just not what a traditional kind of religion is. What I think that is... But that is pretty much on the basis of the law of attraction, the power of positive thinking. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And so on. So, but then you have to do something. Yeah, but then you travel six hours in the plane and you're in a different country and they think you're mad because that God doesn't believe it was this God. Oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah. we have to have something to believe in to give us energy to pull from something. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, if, if it's a God that works for you, great job. Yeah, 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 yeah. But at the end of the day, you're reaching out to something that there's an end result. Like, so you feel that you're talking to something. And then when you get this little moment of force, or if it's a, like I said, I'd say the people who watch your stuff by now anyways, like, they'll get all this, they'll love all this shit. Like, yeah, but, yeah. Um, at the end of the day, you're... Like you, you have someone in your head and all of a sudden they ring like, do you know what I mean? Is it fluke? No, I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, yeah. But the God, it's a whole different world. Like we could do 10 <laughs> podcasts on that. But what I'm trying to say is all of that boils down to having, we need something to believe in or something that has to be a concrete joke. But some, I believe the successful people, it's not a God. It's just a genuine sit there for a moment going, I fucking really have to deal with this so now. And I got to do A, B and C and come on, give me, just please help me out here. They don't know really what they're talking, like my father died, I could sit for times and I could do it to that. So if that's at that time going, come on, give me something here. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But I always say like, you watch your actions after that as well. So like, say you're sick and you're praying for good health, like you're consciously and you should be trying to get good health. So was it the results of the good health habits or was it that you prayed to something to give you good Absolutely, health. yeah, yeah. And I completely... And it's com- belief. Completely agree with you on that. I think maybe to, to re-clarify the point I was trying to make there, if I think about, say, under 30s in this country today, who, for the most part, have completely disowned religion for man-made reasons. They don't trust the priests anymore. They don't trust the institution of religion anymore. They haven't necessarily replaced that with yeah, a yeah. personal code. And I think a personal code... I mentioned earlier on about the ketamine therapy and all that kind of stuff. And just, just people would have heard this before, but just a, a quick recap... Anybody who was, had deep faith in God and did a treatment like that, a psychedelic treatment, they saw God. Now, I saw something, and for me, it wasn't God. It was an energy that was bigger than me. Than I now believe there's more to this, than, there's more to me and you sitting here than just me and you sitting here. There's a connection between us. But anyone who's ever done that stuff, like I, I definitely want to do it anyways. <laughs> and anyone who's ever done that, that's it. they literally t- they talk exactly like you're talking. Yeah. So there has to be something in it. There's they're, definitely something. They're all saying the same thing that it took them to a place, like I've heard, you said someone started this before this as well, and I've heard it so many times that they said, it makes you just forget everything you're touching you. And it's like you're starting all over again. Or I, another guy told me, he said he'd literally seen the next five years flash in front of him, and he came over and he said, I've been the problem all along, I know exactly what I need to do, and he just m- milled the next five years, yeah. turned his life around. Was that a moment of clarity? Was that a moment where it took all your worries away and it, it allowed your creative side to come out? They're the questions. That's literally what goes on in my head when I ask. So if you give me a theory, I won't knock it. I just have to yeah. process it in my head going, hmm, exactly, yeah. why, 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 why? And I think we don't ask enough why. We just accept a full stop. <sighs> oh, you're talking to your brother here now. Yeah, we're not, we're not skeptical enough. We're not curious enough, I think. But I, I do believe, and this is, again, might sound a bit conspiracy. I, I think it's by design because if we're thinking and we're growing, we're not working the jobs that they want us to work and we're not being the good little factory workers. Like, Yeah, and like, look, all I ever used to pose was like it took somebody at some point at some time in life to challenge something that changed it you know obviously now in our generation the likes of Elon Musk like but 
how many people do you think laughed at him when he said certain things? How, like, we wouldn't be sitting here, you wouldn't have that microphone if no. someone didn't believe that, hang on, there has to be a way of doing it, there has to be a way I can wire, and so on. So I just actually, it took a long time for me to go, ah, surely I'm not the only one now who's kind of treating this kind of way, or surely I'm not. And then I started to, like, I I've met a woman called Florence Cohen, and she's a fascia specialist in the way that she's just obsessed with that. She'd laugh at you if you mentioned the word hamstring, like, she'd just say, will you go away? doesn't want to hear about it. Like, rip up the anatomy books as far as they're concerned. And they firmly believe the reason you will not see this, the law of, like, tensegrity and all of these things, like, the, like at the end of the day, our body is held together with combination of tension and compression. So it's like a tensile force and a compressive force. And that's moving all the time. It's changing. So you develop a trigger point, for example. Let's keep it very simple. You develop a trigger point in your left pec. That trigger point is going to ravel. And one cubic inch of a trigger point has, like, 2,000 pounds of pressure to pull from. So it's going to rob tissue from somewhere else to crowd that. So now they're asking, is it the, fa- is it the fascial system on its own doing that? And it's, it's actually a whole different system than the nervous system. So then at the end of the day, the nervous system is the spinal cord. And we believe it all comes down there and goes out then. But these are challenging and saying that the, ner- the fascial system is five times faster than the nervous system. So they have proved like bones, everything like that is fascia and yeah. I always was fascia and when we and they, they've proven it and you will never see it in mainstream I've seen the video and they said look we actually couldn't even put this up because if we just delete it offline but they had a full pelvis and they were able to bend it and move it and it was completely malleable like and they put in a solution that decalcifies the bone and it turned back into fascia in this world right because it's interesting for me in this world of of physical movement and biokinetics and nervous systems and all this kind of stuff do you find because we mentioned about holistic, you've a holistic practice here, practice here. Do you find that, I don't know this person, I'm not making a comment on this person, but do you find that people who find a solution like that, they tend to be very, what's the word, almost extremist about it, and now this becomes the only way? Because yeah. I, I won't so, discount that. I yeah. think that could be a very valuable part of a holistic approach, but I don't know, is it the only thing that's going on? Because I once had somebody tell me there was no such thing as muscle. It was just, uh, everything was nerve. And I was like, oh, how, that... Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, if you look at, like, so I bought, um, I got, like, it was a very boring book, like, but I was literally going back to the basics and it was, um, it was going right back to, like, literally to thousands of years ago. And I'm trying to, and imagine they only realized, like, 50 years ago that the human body actually didn't work the same as a machine. So they were all thinking it was links, like A and B, and links and chains and arms and levers. So system, that's what yeah. biomechanics is. So biomechanics... To, in today's world, in the big clinics, is based on levers. Yeah. So I put a point on your shoulder, a point on your elbow, a point on your wrist, knee, elbow, wrist, with a ho- or leg, so on. And I get you to run on a machine, and the machine brings up your biomechanical stuff. So then it talks about vectors, which we know, I mean, if you look at physics and you look at all that stuff, then vectors is going to be that angle or whatever it is. So then they start to pick up science-based stuff. So you can't see the fascial change in someone. So someone's standing there in front of you, you will not, when you put those pads on, it turns it into a skeletal, little skeleton man. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they pull results from. But you get a video, like for example, I'd share a video uh, and a guy's walking five meters down the track, five meters back. And you can see that the right arm does not move. Left arm swinging. When he steps with the left leg, his, right, his body comes over perfectly. But when he steps with the right, he engages his complete opposite group of muscles t- to perform that step. And that is where those machines won't give you them results. You have to investigate the actual, like, I, I thank God I was very lucky, like, when I was doing basic massage, like, my 
the palpation skill was, I was always told it was very high. I could find trigger points in a couple of seconds and stuff. But it was Florence that put me on to working with the bone. So now when I'm working, I won't touch the belly of the muscle. I'm trying to find what's on the periosteum. So I go as deep as I can, and that's what the periosteum is. That's as close to the bone as you're going to get. Mm. And, and they maintain, and they've not just that, but they've seen it, and they have loads of stuff to back it up, that if you can change, if you can influence the tissue from the bone, then the rest of the belly follows. Like that, I've seen lads diagnosed with grade two hamstrings. They're, they're out for four weeks on the sideline, and it was actually a, a nerve issue that was causing the hamstring to contract. So when they go to stretch it under the f- tests that is in the book, like how do you, like that, that's what I'm saying when we talked earlier about your course you did, what you would have been uh, very good at then was diagnosing somebody. And then it was like week one is this, two is this, three is this. But to say that an organism will adapt at the very same rate is ridiculous. So that's why I say if you, like when people come to us, like, listen, I can give you a four-week program or six-week, eight-week, name it if you want. But it will not be as good as if I'm talking to you once, once a week and saying, listen, man, you're, you're way ahead here. Let's move on. Yeah. And that's how the results are so quick. And I've seen lads jump from, like the guy this morning, let me check in, literally week one, I scrolled back up. He was that good thinking he was on it a few weeks. And I went, Jesus Christ, Johnny, on the first week, I said, I'm pushing you straight on to week 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which makes sense logically. But if you've been through a four-year course, yeah. you, you resist that because I've done four years, I have to do it this way. You just resist that. The abuse I got off 21 and 22-year-olds coming out who believed they had the world sussed and coming out of physio I was, or yeah, coming out and of I was an absolute cowboy was the name that kept being used <laughs> and I just sat back and said I will make dirty so they did of course they annoyed me at times like why wouldn't they they didn't know the real passion why I got into what I'm doing but when I stumbled across the whole grind issues and stuff it was like ah lads yeah. this is fucking like to, to rub a lad's glute for two years straight thinking that's the issue it's like you should be shot I'm sorry but like, <laughs> 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 no no you know, do you know what? I don't even, I'm going to take that back because it's the fucking truth. But anyways. <laughs> I don't edit anything out of Yeah, podcast. I don't care. Um, but that's the truth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, do, I, do, I, I know oh, exactly yeah. where you're coming it's, from. Imagine a lad standing in front of you saying, man, like what you're doing is not working. Yeah. Right. I know we'll do it. I bet you it'll come right eventually. Good luck. There's, there's, there's so many nuances to that element for me because I worked in this industry for, for a long time as well and I got very browned off with, with the industry in general. But it was just a trait of the industry and any industry that if you came to me and then went to you, you had to be wrong because I have to charge you 60 quid to tell you something different because you're coming to me. So I just have to tell you something different. You're there was, a cowboy. There was, there was no correlation. So the, the piece as well that I went... Like one lad said to me one time, he was, he was more annoyed that I that I found something emotionally on him. And then he reacts then because he was so annoyed that it happened and he was going to have to deal with it. He's like, oh, what, you think you're a psychologist now? This is a client, is it? Yeah. yeah. And that's what he said to me. And that line, I went, there you go. Yeah, stay in your lane, pal. Exactly. And I went, no bother. And it was like, there is a reason why the normal person will really struggle to progress so it's like a physio comes out and they're so eager to learn and to learn new things but because there's a massive like that is a massive attachment like if you're if you have that accreditation oh yeah you're tax-free yeah that's what annoys me yeah i'm going around paying vat on what i'm doing and they're getting tax-free and vat free and are the tax free is it fat or tax fat exempt sorry it's fat yeah but all that stuff, it's a massive business. Like, it's a it's phenomenal business. Of course and it is. It's and a insurance companies are involved as well. But I won't lie. Anybody, and if you're listening, you're physio. Like, I could not go, I wouldn't 100% not 
um, fully qualifies physio. Guarantee you. 100% if I went through that, I would not come out the far side. I end up walking away from the course and I can't do it. Because my brain, I cannot, when I get pigeonholed, I can't cope like. So when I'm told and I'm sitting doing a thesis and my gut is saying, well, like we know, like there's people who stepped in front of me, they've said, just finished four year physio, but I swear to God, I have no interest going down that route. Like, where did you go? What course did you do? And they're the people I want to talk to. They're the people I want to go, well, look, I'll be honest, I started to look into this. I looked at the nervous system on its own. I then I looked at this, then I looked at this, then I tried to find a link between CRP. Like, that was the other thing with my father, like, um, he had heartburns all his life. No different than so many older people, and he just took rennies. And I'm sure you know loads who do that. Mm-hmm. And, but nobody ever spoke of it. And then I go along, and I was talking to, I remember I was talking to this really, really good kinesiologist one time, but she mentioned about CRP. So she wasn't pulling a, a name over arse, like that's a true yoke. So then I went and chatted to a doctor and I was like, what's CRP like? And you know, I looked it up myself. I was like, I've done a bit of reading on it. Why do you want to know that? And I said, I'm just wondering like, and it's, a, it's a, an indicator for inflammation in the body. Yeah. And then when you ask them, would you, would you test me to CRP? It's like, that's out of the norm. Why are you asking me to test for that? Because I want to see if I got high level CRP, which means I essentially, and I'll never forget one night. And this is what I was going to say to you. It's probably my own fault in a way um, that I got so much backlash. So I know if I was talking to you and I said, oh, I'm telling you, man, it's a fact. You'd be just casually chatting. Yeah. I'd, I'd just talk like that online at the start. But when they heard the word fact, they went absolutely mental. And in fairness, Luke, it took Luke, who was working for me, to say, man, I swear to God, all that's happening is he said, like, I'm after coming out with four years. Like, Luke came out with four years um, and he, he was having rows with me at the start going, ah, here, how is the chin-up related to a deadlift? Will you go away with that? And I talked to you about Eileen and Wonder Worlds. Yeah. All yeah, that stuff. Yeah, but it literally, same as that. I remember talking, saying Eileen hurt her back with it in deadlift for six weeks. I'd done some extremely strict variations of bicep curl and uh, chin-ups. And she went back and she deadlifted something like 17 kilos more and she hadn't deadlifted in six weeks. So tell me that, like, without saying that that doesn't add up. Yeah. Same thing, I've done all the strength conditioning and stuff and I've come out with her and I've been in that as well, challenge and stuff, saying... Surely you can train max strength and power at the same time. Like, no, 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 no. You do your max strength phase and then you do your power phase. And I'm going, no, definitely not. Sure, there's a rate, there has to be a transfer. Like, and then you're into, you're into, you know, even proprioception, stuff like this. You're into a whole different yoke where you're trying to work out how do I get the best out of both worlds here. And at the end of the day, that's all Natalie wants is to cram as much time into a session as possible and as much benefit into a session yeah i'm laughing here because like what you described there the 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 doctor saying why would you want to test for that it's literally what we dealt with for about seven or eight years and it's funny because it's not a lack of knowledge or education it's an act of resistance against people like yourself or anybody who's doing anything that's not pigeonholed in a but you are a what are you are you a builder just build for fuck's sake yeah 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 just i got yeah i did i got yeah unreal like yeah and we, it, yeah we, we just we just get clients in all, like because you described the people that walk in here have usually tried everything and from a medical sense we got the same people into the clinic who tried everything and got no help they've been to every single quote-unquote expert and they'd come in and take something really simple as an example testosterone right they come in and their testosterone be through the, through the floor you've got a 25 year old fella's testosterone through the floor but it's within normal ranges yeah i was told that i had a four point i told you that at the start yeah yeah, yeah testosterone but four point something and it should have been 21 and he goes, yeah, it's a good bit lower. I put your luck. And I said, well, you either sort it out or I'll sort it out. 
And I said, you know how I'll end up starting it out if I have to? <laughs> yeah. I said, I've never done it, but I'll chance it if I do. Yeah, Igor will fucking fuck me out. But these lads are coming in, right? And for anyone who doesn't know, because I have talked about it before, like you've got a range from most things in, in medicine anyway. And it's just a convenience. It's a convenience factor for the GP. And I've spoken about it before. I have nothing against GPs. I think they're amazing people. But these people will come in, usually men will come in, women as well with different issues. And because, like you said... But even you, to back up your statement there, like it's not... It's not that even that you're talking about. It's the system that's designed. It's completely the system. That's all. Completely. They are bound by law and by their training that if you come in and you are not below X or above X, you're fine. And you could be sitting there saying, I'm on the floor, man. I'm not well. But you're between yeah, X and Y, so yeah. you're fine. Yeah. So we got these people in. And then the testing, obviously, we would do it much, much more detailed with a lot more nuance to the testing. And they weren't fine by a long shot. But we knew they weren't fine from moment one because they told us. I'm not well. Yeah, yeah. And we test them and the testosterone through the floor. But my GP said it was fine. And then when he found out it wasn't fine, because we'd often say, go back to your GP with this information, the GP would say, we don't, we don't do that here. And nobody will touch you. So it's be, when you hear the thing, like as well, when you're doing the course, like, so say even the lecturers that say, what if uh, you thought someone had whatever? And they're like, oh, oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> and I remember that. And I was standing there and I was like, right, okay. And they're like, no, no, the book stops with the GP. Like, you know, genuinely, in, in all of this stuff. Yeah. Like, like being brought to court and Medical all that type of issues, stuff. Yeah, big yeah. Time. But I suppose that's where, like, they go to college seven, eight years. But as I'd say, like, the guy that will read the MRI is unreal at what he does. Yeah. Me or you will look at, look at this actual report. Like, we can see the report yeah, that he yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, even um, when you read an MRI, a couple of reports after a while and then you start to understand the wording they use, you can, you can nearly be reading it and flipping those words to what we would use. Yeah. But the actual view of it, their class, but it's like a knee specialist, a hip specialist. Compartmentalised. And then you go, yeah, okay, look, come back next week and we'll pop you in next door to your man and he'll chat to you about another thing. And there's such, there's no continue, like, continuation whatsoever. And everyone, I think, is beginning to realise that. And... You will never beat a system, that's one thing. But I do see this type of thing getting bigger. Um, and people will open their eyes a little bit more and go, ah, do you know what, I'm not going to... Like, they'll say, maybe we'll send you for another MRI. No, I'm not having it anymore. Yeah, yeah. And that's what happens sometimes here. It's like you could have been telling your friend to come here for a couple of years. Ah, nah, he's a bit dearer. No, no, no. And then one day to go, who's that fellow you were telling me about? Yeah, yeah. well your business here, the fact that you are able to run a business and have clients is proof that it is happening. People are realising there's another way of doing things. Yeah, and wait and listen through the roof and, you know, all that, all them things, like it's just, but the results, it's, it's always results driven. So everything, even if it was a transformation, even if it was a, whatever we're doing, it has to be based on results. So even when we used to do speed camps, we literally tested their speed, start of the week, end of the week. So you can't argue it. It's like, it's not, it's not up to you to, it's not your opinion, did someone get faster? You can see them, speed gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of opinions, this is something I need to, I don't know how long we're going here, but this is definitely something that we need to touch on because it was, it was the first thing that I knew you for ages ago because you're a GA man, GA background, is I have a personal gripe around many types of training, but GA and specifically, and this is, this is for some of the lads who are listening off the team as well. Opinion, opinions and GAA or this type of training, especially in Ireland, but amateur level sports and stuff like that, where every coach has a different opinion, but it usually comes down to, we'll flog them and that's what's going to get them better. And inevitably with GAA, you have a huge rate of injury. It's a very good sport to analyze because it's so, it's not a specialist sport, it's a multidisciplinary sport. You have to have a level of aerobic yeah. conditioning, anaerobic conditioning, you have to be strong, you have to be agile, you have to have a flexibility, you have to have a certain level of skill. 
do do you see that as a problem? Well, I know you do see the problem in GAA, but you've worked with super high level professional teams. How how does a super high level professional team like the Irish rugby team compare to something like a GAA team, even a high level GAA team, where there's a lot of opinion driven stuff and there's still an old school opinion of flogged them as the best way to get them anywhere. And well, the Irish team, the Irish team came down here in 2014, I think, and they'd shock you because it was so precise. The, like the program was real precise in the sense that. Uh, each lad was doing something kind of different. That's not possible at an amateur level, right? But of course, yeah. You're yeah. dealing with different mentalities of people as well. Like, gee, let's call a spade a spade, and no one should take offence to this, but the average fellow, when winter comes, will will kind of switch off, and he won't do much cardio over the winter, maybe, or he mightn't do a whole lot of weights. Um, people throwing, throwing their phone across the room now and saying, fuck this guy. No, but, <laughs> yeah, but like, like, say Dublin, I remember I used to get an idea that people would be saying, like, to split Dublin up and stuff. Yeah. I remember playing in DIT with some of the lads that came through and I mean, when the winter came, them boys were trying their hardest to put a stone on and training like dogs to yeah. get in. And, you know, in the smaller counties, like it would be just, I ah, pack it in wet till it starts next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's just, a, that just shows the results of massive money being put in, massive time being put in as well. But I wouldn't even compare the professional to the amateur. That's not even what it's about. It's comparing the short, snappy courses that, honestly... I won't name a trade, like, but like, I'm trying to give you. The, I'm trying to say, like, anybody could do a six-week course, and then he becomes the strength and conditioning coach for his local club because at the end of the day, it's volunteered. Yeah, yeah. So you have to admire them for giving up the time, but it's like when you see when you witness some of the stuff then that's going on, you're kind of going, but sure, what do you expect? And then I don't give out to that person. I look at the people who are banging out the six-week courses for two grand. They should be. Nailed Health for account, yeah. Um, but the whole flogging thing, there is no doubt about it. Like the, there's a thing, another yoke that came up in the course and it was one liner and it was synergistic dominance and there was another one, neuromuscular inhibition. And basically the two of them described what happens when... You flog someone. Yeah. And when you bring a person to that level of fatigue, the body reboots to a pattern and it will carry that right leg if it has to carry it. The hip flexor will fail on the left. Maybe they'll get the tight shoulder on the right. You know, things like this, the body reboots. And when you keep flogging that, when you come away from that, the nervous system pretty much taught, well, that's how I run. Same thing, you sprain an ankle and you go, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. And you train Friday night, but you're limping on Friday night. Then the QL is activating far more than it should. You start to inhibit a whole sling leg. Um, you break a collarbone and you're carrying it for six months and then you're told, yeah, let's, let's just go. But yet you carry the completely new posture for six months and then you get an Achilles issue two months after that. So there's just, it's too broad for, like that, there's not enough communication again, there's not enough link. Um, look, I, I try my hardest as well, even with teams and I'm trying to go, look, I'd love to come up and do a workshop. I'll just educate you once and I'll be gone. Don't really have the time to be around here. But you have that barrier straight away where you're going, oh no, we have our own strength conditioning yeah, coach. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm not, I was like, I don't call me strength, strength conditioning coach, but Grant, okay. And that's where I walk away. I just like, I fucking forget what, about it. What do you use as your title? Like, like honestly, I put on the Oka Movement Specialist because when you come to the clinic, you see, I will not look at your form when you come down. So they'll hand me the form and the MRI's like, nah, I'm all right, don't let me see it for a minute. Just stand relaxed. First of all, I go, right, first of all, when you're, I could literally say, like, when you're bench pressing, I know that right arm fails and your man's looking at me. I was like, every day of the week, the left TFL band is in bits, but it's the right hip flexor. 
you get sometimes you get that dragon sensation in the right Achilles, like your left toe does be blocked, and they're looking at you. But that I swear to God, that was relentless analyzing. I had a guy here one day, and I kept him for four hours, and he had a rib, he had a rib problem. And I wouldn't let him go home until I figured it out. And I didn't charge him. I was like, no, man, please, I have to figure this out. And I stripped every single part of his body, every, every rib under the sun. Nope, wasn't an intercostal muscle, because I went off what someone told me. He came to me saying, oh, I've been told of an intercostal tear. And it was his ankle, and in the end was out of line altogether. And I, it was, I worked all around it. Massive pop out of the ankle. I said, go upstairs and run now. Gone. The rib problem was gone. So I knew from there, the following day, right, I'm going to look at the feet the next time. There has to be something in the feet. Then I discovered that the big toe is highly linked with that right hip or that left hip. The thumb is linked with the shoulder. And it just kept going from there. Like, you just start to get faster and sharper and sharper. And there was no guesswork then. That's really what happened. I got my hands in so many bodies. And I made mistakes with some, like, and I might never see them again. That's why I always say to people, if you came two years ago, please come back. You will get some shock at how much it's changed. Do you, you say it changed it, do you have resources or mentors or places you go to, to, to gather more of this information or is it all just experience based from yourself here? Um, I would have done a lot of stuff like I would have really dived into the actual human connect chain. So I would have been looking because once I learned a lot about anatomy, I watched the chains based on the anatomy, not on the movement. Okay. But because I could see the movement, but I couldn't explain it with anatomy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then okay. like one muscle, like the levator scapula, like the minute... I, I seen the link of that and it was a primary thing all of a sudden you're like right where's the prime movers in the body and then my eye would get drawn to that and then I'd get this result for example like a lad would stand up in the bed and I, he'd be fixed and I was going jeez I thought it was something else and then I'd know from then and I swear that's how it happened it just kept going so fast but uh, yeah anyone that comes up now does say that they're like I can't believe man the difference like I like you're talking full head to toe treatment like yeah. base of the skull to the top of your toe yeah, yeah, yeah. With, that's why the microcurrents I said it to you they're so expensive um, and I'm going to get more because it just means I will be wiping people out in one go like you know this is actually an interesting thing you used the word there it's going to trigger a lot of people the word fixed but you mentioned when you mentioned the microcurrent to me when like, we became here earlier on you, you, like, you lit up about it so can yeah. you give us just a, li- a little bit of a, a description on what that is <sighs> so yeah I think I don't know if you said this again you said at the very start, didn't you, where I do say, like, finding the root of your problem. Yeah. So that's what I mean, like, literally... Finding the cause of all injuries. I think it's like a little headline on your Instagram or your website as well, yeah. Yeah, so a guy from Monaghan, really well-known player, like, absolutely riddled with an Achilles injury, like, got to the stage, can't walk, doing all the eccentric work, doing all that stuff, um, getting the shockwave therapy on the, on the Achilles, and in the end, like, c naught was adjusted, but I didn't adjust that through a chiropractic way. I done that through... The finding that tensile muscle so that was really fine-tuned stuff and it does be so when I fixed that like I never touched the Achilles and that's two years ago and he's never had an Achilles problem since so that's as far as I'm concerned that's you fixed do you get me yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah. I, the rehab and the physical stuff that we tweaked and played around with um, and like I said we're trying to genuinely get it to a point going has to be an algorithm that you can put your body in and my knowledge can read that and that's what I'd be thinking, like. Okay. And not not for anything, only to fix people that might never travel to Ireland, like. Yeah, yeah to, to be able to sp- obviously spread yeah. the experience and knowledge further, yeah, um, yeah. But that's what I mean. The microcurrent is just... It can actually follow the line of connective tissue. So everyone says, oh, I have one of these at home. I'm like, don't think you do. They're like, no, no, do it. As in the TENS unit, the same yeah, unit or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. And they're like, 
no, it is. I bought one the other day and I was like, was it five grand? No, it's made by Beats by and Dre uh, yeah. and you can play Kanye West <laughs> through it and it gives you the bump in the bicep. Yeah, yeah. so like they are, they're very expensive. Um, but um, as I said, it's it's the course as well. You have to do all that stuff. You have to understand it. And then even the time I got trained under it, she doesn't use it the way I did. So I was doing a certain style of treatment, which is what I'm doing now, but it wasn't as precise. And uh, I was doing it with my hands. So it was fear slow. So I was finding the initial trigger points, but now when I find it with microcurrent, like I could find a trigger point, let's say in your lat, and it will pull on your SI joint. It follows it all the way to the SI joint. I could put it on your big toe and it could try and cramp the calf. It could go up into the hamstring. I could put it in your groin. It could go to your Achilles. So it's unreal. It follows the line of connective tissue and it's the actual microcurrent itself that will another person as well like I'm about to say something and I got challenged over this but I actually said it will remove scar tissue and she must follow me and then there was a big massive post about it within 24 hours going oh don't listen to anyone who tells you they can remove scar tissue that's not possible and I just laughed and said that's why your brain is what it is and that's why you'll never be me and I was being arrogant at the time but of course I had to be because I'm like just fuck off like shut up like do you know what I mean just do your own thing for once and that's what I try to do. I just don't like people say, Oh, who do you follow? And I'm like, I done all that back then. And I follow people who might have four followers because they are the real fashion specialists. They don't do Instagram. You have to meet these people in real life to hear these conversations that we're having. And that's when you learn. Like, so you won't learn that enough. Anyone who has 30, 40, 50,000 followers, essentially, well, that, that kind of reinforces their own. It's the whole, there's a massive craze there now at the minute with movement stuff and they're all doing the hip stuff. Like, they're lying down, putting the bottles, of, you know, bottles of water, and they're trying to internally and externally rotate over a bottle of water. And it's like, yeah, because that looks like sprinting, doesn't it? It's like, do you find? Because like some of that stuff I do, and I don't have an issue. Come, all I'll say is, I swear to God, you come down, and you'll never, ever, ever, ever do them again. Really? Yeah. No, no. Like you'll, you will go home saying, "What was I thinking?" Like, you won't be able to. You just, even if you didn't like me, you won't be able to go and say, "Okay." You will just go, that stuff was some waste of my time. Because you'll do it on Friday night before a match, you'll feel good. But you're in ribbons again Tuesday and you're doing them again. And they create what, the, what, what, a, what a rehab, what an exercise does. You, when you hear of an exercise, what I hear is a contraction. That's okay. all I hear. So I'm like, oh yeah, fine, that's the position. Then I have to look at the anatomical setup of it. So if you don't know anatomy, then you start to understand why your feet shouldn't be turned out to 10 and 12 or 10 and 2. Another thing, put it up online and said, right, I'll give them, I'll give them a serious tip. No, couldn't take it. Riddle me. Shy talk. I'm like, you're so, you're actually dope. like, if you stopped with the ego and you listened, I'm giving you free stuff that I once thought wasn't important. And um, it, it's that, it, it's, like I said, when you create a contraction, what it does is it shortens a muscle spindle. It shortens GTOs in the body. Brain picks that up. You create a temporary pump right but you not only that you you shorten the, the spindle by by shortening the spindle you're shortening the muscle contraction or sorry I'll, I'll keep it really simple in the belly of the muscle you will have the muscle spindles and they're like trains of a carriage and the gtos are very similar and stuff like that and when you stretch you pull them apart so you create a stretched feeling which is nice and then it resorts right back so the nervous system is firing in a in a certain pattern whether you like it or not uh, you may have worked on a job where you have your phone here. So you're going to be adjusted here and that will continue to fire 
you can go after a, the left hamstring with your myofascial work all you want and you can do a little bit of something else. But what I'm trying to say is, can you take six months off and still walk down to the pitch and not have to warm up? So what I mean by off is just pack in that movement stuff yeah. and come back to me in two weeks and tell me you're not stiff as a board. That's what I'm saying. The nervous system wins every single time. So no exercise is going to beat that. So I, I went down to the deepest level once I learned about that spindle and went right, hang on. I need to first of all be able to stand and tell you, guarantee if I test your left hamstring, it's going to be tighter than your right. So how could I tell you that by looking at you? Only experience and going, this is fucking backing it up. Every time I meet someone, that elevated shoulder on the right is actually giving me A, B and C. That foot that keeps turning out is giving me this, this and this. So then, of course, I did that. I went and backed up that. And now I can stand in front of you and go, right, look, we'll fly through it here. Left hip is the stiff one. I know you get the pain in your right, but actually if I put you in the bed now, your left hip is less moving to your right. And they're like, oh, yes, it does, yeah. And I was like, if you lunge on your right leg, you're weak on the right, but you're savage on the left. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they start to go. And they're like, how do you know that? And I was like, mom, let's go. I haven't time. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that's what I'm trying to say to you. I did all those exact exercises you did. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. Done them all. And then you're still broken up. And you're like, fucking bollocks, like how am I, you know, and that's where the frustration kicks in. So you will get a nice relief, but if you're looking for relief, fair play to you. If you want to stop doing rehab to fix that Achilles, then we need to fix you. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that's why I love doing these podcasts, because there's so many, I've so many people. Now I'm getting exci- I'll tell you straight, I'm getting excited there, and I know while people are going, like that's where I sometimes can be perceived as... I'm telling you right now, people are listening to this going, fuck you, man. Yeah, and I know, and this way, if you're still listening, it's going, that's just me getting excited now, because I know, I'm like, I'm I, like, I'm nearly already thinking, you better come down now, because I'll show you. I, I can't <laughs> not come down now, because you have but, to prove this to me, yeah. But look, the results, like, you see some of the spinal changes online, like, that's where I'm, I don't, I don't have to do much with Instagram anymore, and I was, you were loud and you were out there, that's because you have to get a message out there because you genuinely went, oh, fuck me, man, this is, this is different, you know? Yeah. Can I ask you a question, right? And again, it's coming from me here, so take this as a compliment, not, not as, a, as a, uh, a disrespectful thing. Do you think, we talked about the healthcare system here being so segmented that they're not, there's no unification, right? Do you think that there's a, uh, a massage therapist or a movement person out there who's listening to you and now having heard you say fuck the movement and stop doing your water bottle exercises that puts them a little bit further away from what we're trying to do here is trying to get everybody on the same page because at the end of the day you're trying to help people and she's trying to help and now I, I understand that the, there's a, an educational issue here with a lot of people and they're doing things that are kind of uh, trending right but this you, you know what I'm trying I, to ask I know you. exactly so this will wrap it up and it'll also maybe um if someone happened to perceive what we said there a minute ago is wrong. Every single type of therapy, right, from shockwave to hands-on, literally rubbing, to a massage gun, which is based on the theory of, of um, tapotment, cupping, hacking. That's what that's based off. It's a vibration that's set through the body, and it softens the tone. It softens the tone on a superficial level. At the very top, you'll feel, geez, that feels nice, but it will never change the periosteum. It'll never get deep enough. A deep tissue rub will go a little bit lower again. Will it get in at the back of a hamstring, if you like to call it that? Will it get in at the back of that? No, unless your palpation skills are. Um, dry needling, cupping, all those things all are very good treatments. Okay? But where they're putting the needle and where they're putting the cup 
is what I've been saying for the last couple of years is not where this should be to fix what you're trying to fix. So if you're somebody right now that's needling or you're cupping, tell me I'm wrong that I'm saying you tend to put them on the back if somebody's complaining of back problems. You'll, you'll do the QL, you'll do the erector spina. Like I've never seen someone getting cupped from the front of the body. Well, have you like? No. Have you ever Maybe got, a couple on the anterior deltoid or something yeah. like that or, or the upper pec. Yeah. Um, I've never seen anybody being cupped on the pubic bone like. No, they've never seen that. So that's what I'm trying to say. We're going after what the patient gives us. And I've never got a massage. I've never went for a massage in a random place or in a Thai place or in anything. And they don't say, on your belly. Sure, how is it always on your belly? And that's what I used to ask. It's like, so the extensor muscle groups, the primary flexors, all of these different things that I've mentioned today, that's where I eventually came around to a point going, geez, we've always just been rubbing what um, the spindles is aggravate. So, for example, all tissue, and this is a fact. So this is the one thing you can say now. So all tissue migrates to the front of the body. So if you're talking about spinal cord and you're getting aggravation in that scapula and it's, you know, developing into a kyphotic posture, there's something on the front that's pulling that around. Or there's something on the anterior serratus on that rib cage that's pulling it. There's something in the deep stomach that's pulling it. And you have to find that. And the only way you learn is you might have started on the initial rib and you're going, oh, that must be it there. But I'm like, no, just keep coming. Keep coming and keep coming. And when your hands and the palpation skill is there, it could, it could bring you all the way down into the quad if you know where you're looking for. Um, a guy had frozen shoulder one day and it ended up, like, I'm still working on him and I just cannot wait to show that, like, but I mean, this lad is in bits and it's taken me three to go, this is not normal, like. So I've sent him for a complete x-ray from full spinal x-ray. And I kept on saying, you definitely were in a car crash, just something happened. No, no, no. And then, of course, three sessions in, he remembers he was in a car crash and his knee drove into his face and it drove through his chin and he's destroyed the base of the skull. And when he goes to raise his arm, it's just off the scale what happens. So I, I, do, I, do, I do workshops. I, do, I have loads of webinars that you can literally buy and purchase at any time. And as I just said to people, go and watch that and then come back. And as I said, every review that ever came back has said, Jay's man, I'm after trying what you did in that thing. And holy shit, like, some difference, like. And I'm yeah. going, now you only showed you 5% of that. And that's why I'd be trying to tell people that if you can learn a bit from Instagram by some of the stuff in the previous videos I've put up, like, and you're smart enough to take the concept away, well, then you're obviously, you know, you have an ability to move forward with that. But a lot of people will do courses, but they'll never really go anywhere with them. They'll do a dry needle course, but they might never be able to dry needle. And they definitely won't be as good as the tutor. Yeah. Like, you know, if, like, do you know the way people say they were educated by the original guy who designed, let's say, yoga? Oh, that means nothing to me because like, your man got there through his own experiences exactly. and his own context. So yeah. it's going, and that's what, that's what I'm saying. I, the hardest thing I have is um, college people, like, and they're going, I'm, look, I'm in my second year and I've watched what you're doing and that's what I want to do. And they're like, I really want to be able to fix that amount of people and see that change and see the change in their face even, like, um. They were like, uh, what course did you do? And every time I just get deflated and go, how am I going to explain this now? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it is hard. Eh? Like I'm going, there's no doubt about it. I'm not in a position yet where I want to spend my time educating up loads of others. And that's from a million reasons. Like it's, 
it'll be a major time consumption thing for me now and distraction as well and um, loads of people learn like some people like one lad came online and he was only as a client for he was destroyed with a hip problem and as a client I fixed this hip and then he started going man this is ridiculous like I'm working with lads the last 10 years trying to fix this and no one has been talking about what you're on about and then he gets that knowledge over 12 months and then he became his own coach yeah and he genuinely has just fast forwarded himself 10 years because he didn't have to do the bullshit on the way up to it like he didn't have to waste the money I wasted he didn't have to waste all the time like all I say to athletes is I'm I'm not being a prick here I'm just genuinely trying to say that all I want to do is see you get fixed and see you get all that time back so if you're having to do 10 hours 10 hours of foam rolling or 10 hours of something there's something wrong like that's not normal what 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 is the goal here then if if I know you're saying you, you don't have the time to kind of give this knowledge to everybody the but goal you- in the next five years is like I'm still young I just want to travel and bring the clinic to Dubai bring I want to go to like definitely that'll probably be the first place I go but like America stuff like that and then being honest yeah it would be that <laughs> I've often visualised wouldn't it be unbelievable to rock into somewhere like a premiership club for six weeks and say listen I'm going to come and I'm going to teach you every single thing that I've been doing and how I was doing it and where I came about it and package it all up and you'll be able to do this with your boys is it is it is it the fundamental goal here is to, just to help people oh yeah is it to empower like, people and pull back the kind of curtain a little bit for people in so terms of you, knowledge and, and I same again I can't remember because we talked loads before this but uh, when I was younger I remember all I wanted to be was a philanthropist and all I knew a philanthropist was was he was a millionaire <laughs> and he was able to give money back to people okay okay and I was like that's class and as I, and even as you've been it's a, it's a serious feeling to be able to have have a business that produces something like even something small like we're going away I'm bringing a couple of the staff like we're going to an osteopathic course over in the UK like and even been in a position to say oh, come on we're going that's a savage feeling for yeah. me that's what it's all about for me um, to give back like look there's families that come up here and you know they don't have money like and you just wave it like you just oh come on you're fine yeah, yeah so yeah. that's that's what that's where the feel good factor comes that you just genuinely are in a position now financially to go say listen we're either going to put more money in like I said to you that room upstairs people don't know that 50,000 to put that room in there just to give them one hour of peace like yeah so there is a lot of money going into it but um, I always I just always I say no I'm going to start saving now um, but then I will I just pump it back in just keep cycling I've been doing that for seven or eight years it just keeps growing and I will and I have, I know what my end goal is what I want to build and it's going to cost a scandalous money like yeah but I'm at the point where maybe it's just get an investor or something but I want to just take this and just escalate into a proper village like into a proper retreat and that's it Yeah. and everything inside that you don't leave till you're fixed deadly so whether it's even I eventually go into overseeing the whole thing and you have people and you're doing addictions and everything I don't care what it is you need to do but you just have a village that literally has everything that's the plan. <laughs> Grand designs, I love it. I love it. I'm just laughing here as well because you can definitely know that we're not in the studio now. We're in, we're in a real operating gym here with the the, the weights moving, people moving around. Uh, no, look, if there's there's definitely going to be a lot of dissecting for people in what you said there because it does challenge a lot of concepts. It challenges a lot of 
professions that challenges a lot of opinions that challenge a lot of self-limiting beliefs and stuff like that the word challenge is exactly it and yeah. if you don't challenge something you're not doing it out of, like look there is people who challenge like I said there's been people who challenge me but they didn't ever ask the question they just genuinely just abuse you but yeah, that's why yeah. I'm saying I, I didn't go around doing you challenge people I stood in front of the guy who worked on my father and I said why didn't you do this this and this ah didn't want to know about it. So of course that you eventually go, oh, fuck, I'm asking them again. Yeah. But challenge, you have to, if you don't challenge things, if you don't challenge this, oh, sure, that can't be the case. You're limiting yourself. Oh, big time, yeah. And it's the same with me on that cycle. If you didn't challenge that each day you get up, if it's, if you just, it's all the same. Yeah. You know, how will you never know if you don't? Like I got out of bed in the morning and I swear to God, every morning I didn't know whether I was going to be able to, when I put the feet to the floor where the two quads going to go into full spasm like. So yeah, that's yeah. how weird it was. It was like you didn't know what was going to come that day. Yeah. You were gone too far into your unknown, if that's what you want to call it. Bottom line, I suppose, to, to, to kind of put this all in a nice little package for anybody, the proof is in the pudding. You're sitting here in a facility that you've built. I only found out about you because of people who were coming back who were saying, I've been 15 years trying to figure something out and this fella's after helping me. So I think you're in a better position than a lot of the trolls to be able to put your opinions and your expertise out there. And, and just on that, there's been times in the early days where I, I, I learned who to reply to and who not to. And you could see the difference in the tones and in what they'd yeah. say. But I have to say, in 12 months, it hasn't happened once. And the reason it hasn't happened is because now I'm pumping out the results I've, that I knew I had. Do you know? So yeah. I knew I had straightened that yeah, spine yeah, from yeah. literally this to this. And when I said that, they were like, what are you talking about? And then yeah. bang, the result goes up. I mean, I haven't got one abusive message in over 12 months. Really, not, yeah. not one. Seriously, not one. Like, it's been just, okay, we can't deny it anymore. And that wasn't the goal. Like, but when you challenge me, I just, I am a high adrenaline person. I'm not going to lie down and cry. I kind of go, right, you're fucking making me be a prick now. I'm going to have to show you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, look, I think we all need a bit of that because if you don't, you will. Be. Well, that's what, Ah, well, in the words of Shane Flynn when we came in here earlier, some people just need a punch in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Shane, for, for, for anybody, obviously you, you accept clients, you do groups, you have many different services and facilities here for people. How, what's the best way for people to dive into the world of Shane Flynn if just, they want to get started? Look, to be honest, in the last three months, since March, obviously with the lockdown, I was doing up, we were renovating a house, so the content has been just null and void. I just barely doing it. I was really taking a break. But I have serious uh, videos and serious concept or content again that I think now will get a far better response because I, I stopped with the content and I just gave the results there for about a year. So just get on Instagram, I suppose. And appreciate follow it. Yeah, I do try to be really active on the stories. I'll always have my stories linked to a post. So there's always, there's lots of talk behind it. You always look very angry in your stories. <laughs> That's just my... Uh, <laughs> Haven't met you now. Like, rest, it's it's funny, like it's yeah, you're, you're, you know, it's actually a lovely, calm energy off yeah. you. But if you were just to watch your stories, <laughs> it's just your hands off angry. Ah, <laughs> uh, look, no, I won't. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I'd be passionate some days, and you 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 would be. Nearly, look, I appreciate so, it because yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I think we're too many too many of us are living in the grey and are happy to be grand all the time. I appreciate I I appreciate everything you've said. Now I appreciate your energy and your passion. I can feel it coming off you in waves. I felt it when I met you. Oh, standing over there in the corner, and I'm blowing smoke up you here. Like you you can you're aware you're in the presence of somebody who genuinely has a, a real drive for something here. I'll be honest. I did reach a point where I went. Oh, look, I can't change if somebody's going to judge you off one story or someone's going to judge you. Yeah, fuck it. And it was like when they did when the one once you walk through that doors, then you got to see. I was like, right now you're in front of me and you're interested and you're a paying client. Let's go. 
yeah. And that's when they would walk away. And that's why the word of mouth is so good because they genuinely knew, now I'll do whatever I have to do. So just, all you have to do is just make sure you contact me. If you're not right, get back to me. We'll sort it like. Deadly, deadly, deadly. And you're in a position now to be taking clients and stuff. Ah, yeah, we're back flat out, yeah, thank God. So, Happy days. Um, just the handiest is, yeah, the, my email is on, is on the Instagram page and I do everything through email now. It's just the fastest I have two or three girls to do it, so. Deadly, deadly. Look, Shane, you've called me out now. I'm going to have to come up for my own session, so uh, <laughs> that'll be the next thing that goes up on Instagram. Bring a few uh, psychedelics with you. Bring a few psychedelics, yeah, and a few tells. Uh, we didn't even touch on that, but look, if you if you promise me we'll do another episode. Yeah, 100%, yeah. We'll get into so the mindset and the psychedelics and all that kind of stuff. Even if there's parts of that that people found interesting, we can just use them as topics the next time. 100%. You know? I'm sure there's going to be, I'm going to be off the charts now with people. But and You can imagine the range of comments I'm going to get on something like this, but I genuinely really enjoyed it. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to do this with me and inviting us up here. All is with us today as well here doing, doing yep. tech. Um, this is going to be one that people are going it, to, it's going to be controversial and I love it, <laughs> but I think it's so powerful for people to hear so many different aspects of what you do, of what other people do, because it's context and like this is going to be challenging. This is going to yeah, be a challenging yeah. listen for some people because you've challenged some concepts that I had in my head. But that's it. Look, well, it's too late to say it now. And maybe I'll be honest with you, what I'm about to say now, if you even had a snippet to let them know that you, you mentioned it'll challenge them. If they can, they need to hear that out to the end because there is going to be times, it's right, where we're saying something and yeah, we mightn't have phrased it to perfection or my tone of voice mightn't have been right there or whatever. But as you said, hear you out type job. Yeah. So even if I say a bold statement to you, I did kind of come back to it and say, Absolutely. well, yeah. this is what I mean. But um, sometimes it's a tactic, like <laughs> <laughs> get their attention and then explain it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you got to have the headline. you got the Facebook headline <laughs> to get them in the door and then you can actually give yeah. them the real value. But uh, look, Shane, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate money, your yeah. time. And uh, yeah, chat to you soon. Deadly. And there you have it, folks. No sugarcoating it, the powerful Shane Flynn. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more of these podcasts, make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube to catch all the video podcasts and you follow us on Instagram at Primal Pro to get all the updates, extracts and clips and extra content around these podcasts. For example, we were in Shane's gym to record this episode and there's lots of extra content that goes up on all the different platforms, photographs behind the scenes and stuff like that. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, make sure you give us a follow. And if you want to learn more about anything we spoke on the podcast, don't be afraid to get in touch. Drop me a message we get back to all the messages and we really appreciate your support cheers guys chat to you soon